as a student, some may think, what can I bring to the table? And how can I provide value to um, someone who has 25 plus years of experience? But maybe speak to your experience in making and ensuring that the mentorship relationship was two-sided and not one. Yeah, I would say that that's tough, especially when, and this is the case for a lot of mentorship relationships where one person is significantly more experienced than the other person and, and it's very easy to feel like I have nothing to bring to these conversations. Um, but try, I would say try to leverage that difference to be your advantage at the, at the table. Mm-hmm. I am the person who doesn't have experience and maybe that's valuable. To this- Welcome to episode one, part two of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Hiley, and I am joined by Rebecca McCormick again. Hey. Um, but in this set, in this portion of the episode, we'll be discussing networking and mentorship, and how to go about um, leveraging those types of relationships. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So the first question is, um, what was your process, or how did you go about? Uh, developing your network in Ottawa, which we touched a little bit about in the first episode, yeah. in the first part. So that was a new concept for me in university. Definitely in business school, they do stress you need to build a network. And I, it finally hit me, and I would say in the third year, when I started meeting people in the PMCP, we mentioned it last episode, the Professional Management Consulting Program. And we started meeting people, and I think we both saw that a lot of the consultants knew each other from different firms. You'd meet one firm one week and they all knew the people from the next week's firm. And I actually love that about Ottawa. A lot of professionals know each other and uh, leverage those relationships to to collaborate. Mm -hmm. So I would say easiest way to start for me as an, especially as an introvert, I'm not, I don't naturally go out and meet people. I don't naturally make friends and things like that. So, the easiest way to start would be to go to formal networking events. It's structured, it's everyone who's there is there to meet people. So it's very natural to meet people when you're there. And especially, there's usually some kind of theme or topic of a networking event. You have somewhere to start with a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's lots of networking events that take place around the city and certainly on campus, there's always networking events happening. So that was the first start for me and then when that started to when I started to get good at that meeting people and knowing what to say I started starting trying to build closer professional relationships with the people that I met by following up that's always the key to networking right is to not just meet people in an event and then never see them again that's useless (laughs) I have to follow up Mm -hmm. and I make a habit to follow up immediately with everyone I meet. If I meet someone in a professional setting, I met someone today at work, I met a member of the client organization that I'd never met before, and I immediately added him on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some people, I've had many comments from that. I just met you 20 minutes ago, you've already added me on LinkedIn. It's because I'm not going to think to add you later tonight or tomorrow. I just met you right now, and now is the best time to do it. And I can write in the note how I met you, so that I remember, specific, yes. 
great to meet you at the office today or it was great to meet you at the networking event last night mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to hear some more another time about that project you're working on so it's very specific so that they'll know who you are if they're not checking this message until weeks later but also for me it's for my purposes that's a record for me of where I met them so later when I meet you know, Sarah at an event or at the office another day in the future and I don't remember her name because I'm horrible with faces. I could look through LinkedIn, might be able to find her, um, I'd be able to remember where I met her from. I can check that out really quickly before I see her again and I speak to her again. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that would be my processes. Start with formal events, try to delve a little bit deeper, find connections, find commonalities with people, and then follow up. Even if that's just great to meet you at such and such, let's connect another time about this. And then if it's actually a person that you feel like you actually need, you want to work with them in the future on something specific, then you follow up even further than that. Mm -hmm. Let's have a coffee or whatever. And you know, something when you were talking about sending a specific LinkedIn note, um, I remember through the PMCP program, um, we would probably every single week or every other week mm -hmm. we would meet a new firm. Yeah, and they would bring groups of five to ten people. One so, firm had ten people who yeah. showed up a night, and more than us, the more students. than the cohort. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but a few of us were like we we became really close the cohort, and we were sharing tips on like interview skills and how to effectively follow up with people and. Mm -hmm grow your network, which is what this question is. Um, but Rebecca very early on said she sent a request to every single person and made sure to include something that we chatted about or something that we connected on. And that's great. That's a great way to open up the conversation to other things. Absolutely. Right? Um, it kind of <clears throat> guarantees that they'll accept your request because mm -hmm. uh, they might not remember meeting you. And it also helps it kind of solidifies that bond that you made and maybe the two of you will forget that that you kind of had a spark when you were talking about something specific that you both had in common if you can solidify that formalize it by actually saying it out loud afterwards mm -hmm. hey we connected on this we both worked on a project like this or whatever it is i think that helps a lot to to build a professional relationship absolutely um and okay maybe we could speak a little bit to the Telfer Executive Mentorship, Pro Mentorship Program. Because mm -hmm. in this case, we were linked with executives who were in, for us, it was in consulting. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have to go through the stage of trying to find a mentor. Yeah. Which is a different process in and of itself. Completely. Yes. I agree. Yes. So this one we were linked. Um, and as a student, some may think, what can I bring to the table? and how can I provide value to um, someone who has 25 plus years of experience. But maybe speak to your experience in making and ensuring that the mentorship relationship was two-sided and not one. Yeah, I would say that that's tough, especially when, and this is the case for a lot of mentorship relationships where one person is significantly more experienced than the other person yeah. and, and it's very easy to feel like I have nothing to bring to these conversations. Um, but try I would say try to leverage that difference to be your advantage at the at the table I am mm -hmm. the person who doesn't have experience and maybe that's valuable to this other person it who is has valuable experience. Yeah. great to hear from another generation 
about my opinion about things that, that the mentor is working on, uh, maybe to hear from, well, maybe hear fresh ideas, uh, a, a totally different experience. Also, I found a lot of the sort of formal and informal mentors I had throughout university liked hearing about how to recruit millennials, right? Absolutely. And so it's good to actually have, actually meet someone who's in going through that interview process and the recruitment process in my fourth year to share that insight with, uh, with my mentors. Mm -hmm. And certainly, yes, exact kind of like what you were saying, try to find that value that you have, what, what it is that this person doesn't have. And that's the case for any professional relationship. What is it that I have that this person doesn't? Because no person is good at everything or has all the insight. Uh, and try to give as much of that as you can. And try to fill a gap. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you could, like for your case, for example, he ran his own consulting firm. Yeah. So maybe if there was a gap, whether it be social media and how to exactly. leverage the marketing space and yeah, and how to reach millennials, I think is a huge one. And how to reach students specifically. Yeah. Uh, and certainly as as he helped me to build my new career, I was building my career a, a different way than he was. I was going into a slightly different type of consulting. He now, as my career grows and as we stay in touch throughout the years, he then has a connection as I build my career in this other firm or industry. And, and he actually, and I think that was the case for your uh, mentor as well, he's done this every year. Yeah. And he'll continue to do this every year. He'll have a new student mentee every year. And you can, you can imagine after 10 years, you have 10 business student graduates across the, the city and maybe elsewhere. Maybe the world, right? Maybe the world yeah. who are grateful to you for your mentorship and can be a great network. Mm-hmm. How often do you, this may be tricky, and I know the relationship differs, like it would differ between me and you, but how often do you keep in contact with your mentor? How often do you meet for coffee? So during the formal mentorship period, during that year where we were linked with the executive mentor, we met every four weeks. And he, he was great about, uh, he thought that one of the best ways to give value to me was to introduce me to his network, which was really great. And so almost every time we met, we would talk about someone in his network I would want to meet and he'd make the introduction and I would go about trying to meet that person and um, so I got a lot of coffees out of the deal Um, but then afterwards once the formal mentorship relationship sort of ended formally at the end of the school year I stayed in touch by letting him know when his advice has come to fruition Uh, so certainly he gave me gave me a very big piece of advice that I took immediately and, and put into action. I put it into action and I've kept him advised on the progress and that's been a good way for me to keep in touch with him. Okay. Speak towards that. Okay. <laughs> what was this what was the best piece of advice that you received from him? And we talked about this before, um, but also what was your thinking process and how did you put that into action? So uh, one of the things that he recommended, and this was something he did at the beginning of his career was to get involved in your community in some way, in some formal way that can keep you in touch with the people around you while you're busy with your own career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps you stay well-rounded, it helps you meet people, and uh, it's, it's a grounding force, right? When you're very busy, especially in consulting, you can be very busy all the time. It's very easy to get caught up in project work. To have this other community-based 
thing that you're working on can be a good source of perspective, mm -hmm. right? Um, so he recommended that I try to get onto a board or a cabinet of some sort for a nonprofit. And he even went the step further to help me to meet people who were on boards and cabinets so that I can find out where, where I could fit in as an inexperienced person just entering into the working world. So I have some experience before I went to university, but for the most part, I'm totally new to the professional world. Uh, so I, could, I couldn't imagine what my value might be to a board or a cabinet or something like that. But um, there's this great organization in the city. Uh, the United Way has most of its uh, city chapters across, the, across Canada have uh, groups called Gen Next. And so it's sort of a group, a gathering place of millennials who get involved with the United Way. And uh, they have a cabinet here in Ottawa. And so I um, used my networking skills to went to some of their networking events, met as many of the cabinet members as I could, asked them how I could get onto the cabinet. Uh, for, I was fortunate in that a number of the cabinet members were going on mat leave. <laughs> the timing was good. Okay. Um, and so it worked out. For, I went through the interview process and I got onto the cabinet. Okay. And so what that means is we're not at a, uh, a governance board, like some like a typical board of directors. We're an advisory committee. So we help the United Way to run this Gen Next program and to engage with millennials in different ways, which is really rewarding. And it's a good grounding force for me, something that I do outside of my job mm -hmm. that's meaningful to me. So you, in previous conversations, you've talked about um, different giving circles. Yes, I talked about that. Has. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So um, this is one of the things that the Ottawa group is doing that's that's new, and it's, I'm very excited about it. That's why I've talked to you about it so many times. <laughs> is that um, this group? They just started it this year. It's a pilot year. Is that um, it's called the Giving Circles. It's a new program, and basically what you do is to become a member, you give twenty dollars a month, and then you get to meet these other people who are part of your giving circle. So currently we have three giving circles. One's for Path to Pride, one's for Youth Mental Health, and one's for Social Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And I'm a member of the Social Enterprise Giving Circle. So we meet on a regular basis as a group, and these are all other people who want to give money to this cause. And do they happen to be young people? They're yes. All yes. Right? So this is all Gen X. We don't we don't have an age group per se, but it's millennials, and those are the people that are targeted for the networking events that they have every about three months, which are a lot of fun because they're all young professionals who want to get involved. They're all really cool people. You have one coming up, right? Yes, we have one on the. Is it the 13th, <laughs> 13th or the 14th? Yes, it's going to be at Burling, the skate shop, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a social entrepreneurship in itself. Uh -huh. um, so, a social enterprise. Um, so, as in the social enterprise giving circle, we've gotten in touch with social uh, enterprises in the city, which is really rewarding. We've been able to meet some organizations that might need funding. And then throughout the year, we raise money by giving ourselves, but then we also raise money at these events that we hold. And then at the end of the year, we pull that together and the giving circle votes on where that goes and what can be the most meaningful way to spend that money. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
it's exciting for me. It's an exciting project. I will have our full year will be done the first year at the Schmooze Fest that happens. I don't think you've been to a Schmooze Fest yet. I'm going to bug you to come out to the next one that happens uh, in the fall. Yeah. I'll bug you about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll unveil how our first year went. And then hopefully uh, that'll usher in our next year of the Giving Circles. It'll be cool. Hmm. How has being involved with Gen Next added to your career? And I know that's a weird question, but um, like in terms, okay, I look at it like this. When we're in university, our main focus would be the academia side. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a full course load, um, doing four or five courses, but then you also have the option of getting involved in extracurriculars, which we did. Yeah. So if you take that model and you apply it to after graduation, where your meat is work in your career, mm -hmm. but your extracurricular activities are the things that you're getting involved with in your community. Yes. Really adding to your experience, but also giving back in ways that you, in ways that you can. Yes, I, I agree that's a very good point to make it in a model like that, is that it's very much like a university where this is an extracurricular and it does make you better at what you're doing during your core hours. Sure. I definitely think the students who get in university get involved in some way, in some meaningful way. It does help with your studies because you are better focused, you have to manage your time, yeah. you meet people who help you, and it's grounding. It helps you to, make, to uh, set perspectives that make sense. So I would say, yes, it helps my everyday work life to have this community engagement outside of work I feel like if I am not working on something that I feel is meaningful that particular week, I do a lot of, of a great variety of work and I love that, but some weeks that means are not as meaningful as other weeks mm -hmm. and I always know that I have these other projects that I'm working on that mean something to me and it does I think help me to be a better professional. I'm better at providing services to my client, I'm better at staying focused at work because I feel like I have something else as well. Mm -hmm. I think that helps. Other projects that you're working on. Yeah. So how have you, it's kind of interesting because when you decided to get involved with Gen X, mm -hmm. were you, was there a specific cause that you really, really, that really resonated with you? Or was this an organization that your mentor suggested? Yeah, so it's a good question. Actually, the, my mentor didn't have any specific organization suggestion, but one of the people that he arranged for me to speak to, she recommended a few organizations that might be interested in younger people on an sure. advisory board. Mm -hmm. And this was the one that stood out to me because I had already engaged with Yanded Way through their networking events. I'd already been to one of their schools okay. fests. And I remember how much I loved it, and I loved the people that I met there, and I love the energy. And I also, one of the things that I love about United Way is that it's locals helping locals, right? We, all of our community-based initiatives are here in our community. And I spoke about this last in the last episode as well, is that I love Ottawa. So I love uh, helping people in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's one of the reasons why I chose the uh, social enterprise giving circle is that it helps local businesses that help other people mm -hmm. and that's meaningful to me especially as a business 
as a business, I was going to say business student, but we're not doing that now. No, we're not. Okay, so I tried to sort of understand what your reason for joining Gen Next was mm -hmm. by like what their cause is and what their mission is. Because <clears throat> I think like even in your career, understanding what your why is is very, very important. Yeah. Um, and so I'm currently reading a book called Start With Why. It's all over my social media. <laughs> it's <laughs> <Not> really, <that. laughs> yeah, but it's really influenced me and it's, it's forced me to ask myself questions like, why are you doing what you're doing? What gets you up in the morning? Mm -hmm. And it has really pushed me to even start this podcast and um, connect with people in my community. So what is, what is your why? What is your why at work? Um, what gets you up in the morning? Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so I would say my why on a daily basis is trying to be good at something and to provide value to others. And I'm learning, I especially learned this in university, I'm still trying to nurture this, is that I think my best value is often helping other people uh, do well as well. And so that's through peer mentorship, through coaching, through training of any kind. I love training. Uh, and you do a lot of that in consulting. Uh, you're always, I spoke about this in the last episode, is that you have to be an expert at something within your project. Right. And part of that is teaching others what you learn. You have to learn everything and then teach to others. And I love doing that. And that's meaningful to me. And I think that would be my why when I wake up in the morning is maybe I can teach someone something today that's mm -hmm. valuable to them. And you can feel like I do, at least I feel like my day was valuable and that I can be valuable if whatever I know can be spread and have an impact on other people. And I'm learning that as I go. <laughs> do, you ha do you find yourself um, having to remind? Yeah. Remind Rebecca what your life is. <laughs> it can get a little yes. fuzzy sometimes. Oh yeah. When things get stressful and work is overbearing and, and all these things where <clears throat> understanding and really clarifying what your, what your mission is and what your cause and your purpose is. Yes. It's almost as if it's a source of energy to, to keep going. Yes, and I think stepping back is a really important part of that. You and I have talked about this a few times, is yeah. it's really easy to get bogged down by you're really busy all the time, you have extracurricular stuff going on, your project is really busy, you're working all the time, you also have a social life and you have relaxed time scheduled in, and it's really important for me to step back at least I'd say once a week and think about what did I do this week? What do I need to do next? Besides just the daily, what do I need to get done this week? What should I be doing so that I'm, I have something meaningful to say about maybe not this week, but maybe this month? Mm -hmm. And step back and think about the big picture. I'm not, I'm not a big picture strategic kind of thinker naturally, so that's a, a, a conscious thing for me. And it's on Friday, so at the end of the day on Friday, look back at what I did, did I actually get done the most important things in the week? Mm -hmm. Or did I spend too much time doing meaningless things? Things that were urgent. Things that were urgent and needed to get done, but I didn't think about this really big, important, strategic thing that I need to be doing in the long term. Mm -hmm. Step back, schedule some time to step back and thinking about my why is really important to me. And I think it's, I'm still building that habit. I still need to learn to do that on Fridays and, and treat that time meaningfully and actually 
take action on what I've thought about. Mm -hmm. It's a work in progress. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Michael. Thanks for sitting down with us. And I hope you enjoyed the first episode, part two. Part two, yeah. <laughs> More to come. Thank you. Thanks.